Welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. Twelve. Uh, we're going to be in Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 12. Uh, no, verse 1. Let's just start at the beginning of the chapter. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And um, this, is, uh, this is a continuation. Pastor Rocky preached on Tuesday night on Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And so I want to include verse 1 a little bit. And really, I want to touch on verse 2. Uh, Pastor Rocky inspired me while he was preaching. And uh, I don't know, I just, I, I just want to elaborate a little bit and maybe apply this to our body um, a little bit more. Um, it says, therefore, now, so this is going to be difficult because it's going to, right, just that word right there means, therefore, like in light of everything he's been saying. So this is Romans chapter 12. To really understand what he's saying, you have to start at Romans chapter 1. And I have actually preached a sermon like that, where I, I, I started Romans chapter 1 and went through all um, 11 chapters to lead up to this, because he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. That's what Romans is all about. Romans chapter 1 is about God's mercy. Romans chapter 2 is about God's mercy. Romans chapter 3 is about God's mercy. Romans chapter 4 is about God's mercy. You get the idea. All He says, therefore, in view of God's mercy, the whole book... Prior to chapter 12, is about the mercy of God. Now, it doesn't seem like that because you read chapter 1 and it's like sounds kind of like judgment. But no, it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. It is him withholding judgment. This is his mercy. So anyway, I mean, I, can't, I don't have time to preach about that. But his mercy is new every morning. His mercy is awesome. It's great. And if you want to read Romans in light of the mercy of God, I encourage you just to start at chapter one and say, where is mercy in this? And I'm telling you, it's in every single chapter, the mercy of God. And this is what Paul says, in view of God's mercy, I beg you brothers to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper act of worship. And then in light of that, or really as sort of a how-to for that, he then says in verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. In other words, it's good, it's perfect, and it's pleasing. It's, it, it's, it's light to live with Jesus. <laughs> the lightness of living with Jesus. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. His will is good and it's pleasing and it's perfect for you. But what I want to talk to you today is right here in verse 2. Do not conform but be transformed. The difference really between conform and transform. Uh, this, this is the how-to of the previous verse, which is really about holiness. Presenting your body as a living sacrifice. And when we say holiness, we don't mean uh, wearing the right clothes or wearing makeup or not wearing makeup. We don't, we, we don't mean um, uh, religious sense of holiness, but rather a heart, state of the heart that is open to God, that is pure before him, that is, that is quick, re, quickly repenting of all of our sin and walking in all of the light that we know to walk in. In other words, giving our bodies over to God, giving our bodies as a living sacrifice to lay it down to God. And the way that you do that is right here. Do not conform uh, to the, what does it say, the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the, the pattern of this world. I, I liked how uh, Rocky talked about it. He said it, it, to not, to not uh, do what is natural, 
to not live according to the natural order of things, to not live according to what comes natural. And um, a few weeks ago, I, I, I preached on, uh, well, not, yes, on. I, I have to be careful which, which word I use. I preached on the, the book of Satan or the Satanic Bible written by Anton LaVey back in the 70s. Anton LaVey is the, uh, the, the high priest of the Church of Satan uh, here in America. And um, anyway, uh, I, I, I preached some of the messaging from that book um, to expose the lies of the enemy because he makes them very plain obviously in the satanic bible and 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 and, and what's interesting is is as I, I as i was preparing for that message weeks ago i spent a couple of hours reading the book of lucifer which is in the satanic bible it's 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 one of the books and and it's so interesting now it's like so many things just pop up to me it's like oh yeah that that's that's basically from the book of lucifer that's what lucifer said and 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 even and and even even this idea of what is natural. When, as, as you read, and I don't say when you read because I don't encourage you to read the book of Lucifer, but as I read the book of Lucifer, the, the, the foundational principle of Lucifer's uh, logic, Luciferian logic, is that what is natural is all that there is. That what comes natural, that what is of the natural world, right, what you can see, touch, hear, smell, taste, like this is it. And that's, that's his, that's his, that's at the base of his logic, that this is all that there is. That what you see right now, the life you have, the 70 years or however long you're here, that that's it. And it's so interesting to me that the Bible, one of the main themes of Scripture is that that's not it. That there is so much more to this life than what you see here, touch, smell, and taste. And, and here, it's almost like uh, the Apostle Paul makes it very clear. He says, do not conform to the pattern of what is natural. And what is considered normal. Do not conform to the, the pattern of this world. The word um, conform is a, it's a combination in the original language. In the Greek language, it's a combination of two words. The first word means to come into intimate proximity with or fellowship with. Um, the second word means uh, a, a fashion or a form or something that is preset. And so basically to conform means to uh, become intimately acquainted with, with something that is already laid out for you, already preset. In other words, the world, which is everything that we see here, smell and taste and touch, this world has a particular preset path for you and for me. It has a, a mold, and so I was digging around the kitchen last night. I was digging around the kitchen last night. We have these little mini, mini bunt cake molds. We don't have a lot of molds in our kitchen. I, I found this one. It's basically, you see, it's got a little hole. It's got a little hole there in the middle. It, this is a bunt. It's a mini bunt cake mold. In other words, you take um, cake batter, right, and you mix it up, and it's, and it's very uh, soft and just it's liquid, basically. You pour that liquid into this mold, right, and you stick this mold in the oven, and with heat over time, the, the liquid, the cake batter, hardens and becomes a cake. You take it out of the oven, and then you can turn it over and slide the, the cake out of the mold, and the cake will keep the shape of the mold as if it's still in the mold. So, so this is the pattern of this world, that, that, that this world has a mold for you and me. This world has a particular set pattern, a particular way of thinking, of responding, of, of living, and it's preset. It's, it, it, it's already determined for you. And it's interesting. And it changes for every generation. 
so there's, a, there's, 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 there's all kinds of patterns that we could talk about, there, but there's a few. I want to talk to you about um, uh, emotional patterns. There's, emotional, there's an emotional form or a fashion for you to be in right now. It's, it's, it's one of two things, anxious or angry. That's basically your options. You can be anxious or angry, at least here in North America. I don't know what it's like in China, but <laughs> around here, it's anxiety or anger. Anxiety around a virus, anxiety around am I, what if I, what if I catch COVID? Anxiety, what if my loved ones catch COVID? Right? And all of these, and, and, and it's not just COVID. What if I don't have enough money at the end of the month? What if I can't make this payment? What if this falls through? What if my marriage doesn't last? What if, what if my kids, what if something happens to my kids physically? Right? What, what, what if, there's, there's all kinds of what ifs, and it's, and it's anxiety. And, and the mold for, for the day is to fit yourself into that. That that's normal. Go ahead and dwell on those thoughts. Go ahead and, and ask those what if questions and, and, and stay up all night just, just worrying about stuff. Because worry is a, it's a part of the form of this world. And it's very normal and it's very common. And in fact, then, you know, if you get really anxious, you can post things on Facebook so that people can tell you that you're not all that bad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can go fishing for compliments if you want on Facebook. Like, somebody tell me, just let me know you're still reading my posts. And, and it's, it's interesting, you know, but, it's, but it's, all, it's all coming from this mold of anxiety. It's this mold of anxiousness. And yet, Scripture says in Philippians, to be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. In other words, don't, don't worry about it. Pray about it. The mold of, of this world is to worry. The mold of this world is to, is to be anxious. But the, 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 the plan of God for your life is to break the mold. Is to not pour yourself into the same cookie-cutter frame that everybody else is in. <laughs> because not only is this mold definitive, it is also restrictive. It restricts the cake batter so that it can only fit within a particular setting. And in other words, there's only particular emotions that are allowed right now. <laughs> if you're joyful, something's wrong with you. If you're, if you're, if you're happy, you must be ignorant. <laughs> or you must be so privileged that you, have the, that you just have the, the privilege of being happy. No, no, no. I have the joy of the Lord inside of me. It's not about privilege. It's not about the color of my skin. It's about my capacity to get out of the mold of this world. I refuse to stick myself in this. I refuse to be held captive by a virus. absolutely refuse to live in anxiety over a virus because uh, newsflash there are a lot of viruses out there you know i mean i don't know if anyone's told you this or not but driving in austin is dangerous getting in a car is dangerous like, like the, the flu every year is dangerous. Like there are a lot of things. Diabetes is dangerous. Cancer is dangerous. There's a lot of stuff. And yet, you know, people still go to McDonald's. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, like we, there's a certain sense in which you, you, can, you can allow anxiety to creep into your mind. You can allow all the what ifs. And what faith does is faith answers the what if. Because the, the mold of the world is to live in a land of what if. You never answer the question. You just keep asking it. 
But the, the freedom of Christ is to actually answer that question. What if I catch COVID? Okay, where will God be? Will he leave you in the valley of the shadow of death? Will he just disappear? Will you be on your own? Heck, what if you die? <laughs> That's not even a what if. When you die, what's going to happen? Where will God be? What if your loved ones catch COVID? Where will God be? What if something happens to your children? What if they get kidnapped? Where will God be? You need to answer these questions because if you don't answer the question, you're sitting here in the mold of what if. And yet God has already an answer for you that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for I know he is still with me. So whatever happens to me, whatever happens to my kids, whatever happens to my job, whatever happens to my church, whatever happens to my country, whatever happens to my marriage, whatever happens to my finances, God is still with me. So I refuse to get into that mold of anxiety or anger. We must reject the mold of anger. We must reject the mold. This, this past week, I was encouraged to see a couple of city chapel members uh, posting on Facebook about vaccinations, and they both, surprise, surprise, had different views. That's shocking, I know. I mean, obviously, everybody who's right thinks one way. But no, they both had different views on it, and they were open to share it. And I, and I posted a comment, and there's some of you probably read it. Like, I think that's great. The family of God is not in the mold of I'm right and everybody else is wrong. <laughs> okay? Especially when it comes to things. Look, look I'll, just, I'll just right now, um, let's, let's just put all the scriptures in the Bible that have to do with COVID vaccination. Let's just put all up on the screen right now. Oh, it's the same verse. Yeah, that's, that's how many scriptures there are that tell us what is right and what is wrong with regard to COVID vaccination. In other words, yeah, there you go. And, 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 and in other words, like, pray about it. Do what God tells you to do and love other people. It, it, it's really, really very simple within the kingdom of God. But that is not the mold of this age. The mold of this age is you, you do your research. You figure out what's right. You get in your echo chamber. You listen to your news station. You go to YouTube and you listen to people that you agree with. And then you blame and point fingers at everybody else. Because either, you know, if they're, well, if they're wearing masks, that's because they're sheep. And if they're not wearing a mask, well, that's because they just don't care and they want to kill everybody. No, like, it's not, <laughs> it's not like that. The world is not made up of, of just people that are right and wrong in every area. And let me tell you, as Christians, we fall into that mold of judgmentalism and anger <laughs> quite a bit. I'll never get in a debt. I'll never get in a debt. Really? Because people that are in debt are not saved? Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll never say that to my kids. Really? We make these vows that are not biblical. Make biblical vows if you want. I'll never commit adultery. That's what God said in Exodus chapter 20. Thou shalt never commit adultery. That's what the Ten Commandments are. Thou shalt never steal. Go ahead and make that vow. I'll never steal. I'll never steal. Never, because you, you, you have that under control. But there's some stuff you might have to get into debt, and that's okay. It's not the end of the world. I'll never get sick. Well, maybe you will. You know what I mean? I'll never catch COVID. Well, maybe you will. Like, like there's, there's certain vows that we make that are not biblical. Why? Because we're fitting into the emotional mold of our day, which is you be dogmatic about everything. That's just simply not true. 
The true kingdom, the true family of God is not dogmatic about everything. Emotionally and spiritually mature people are not dogmatic about everything because they don't feel like they have to be absolutely right about everything because they realize some things are open for discussion and some things she can disagree with me, I can disagree with her, and we can both be okay. And we can both make, I don't know, personal health decisions. That's up to us. And we can both decide that our particular risks and our particular way of keeping, keep taking care of our body. Is that too real? Is that too, 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 too close to what, what's actually going on in the world? I'm just saying that there's a mold and we see it and we feel it and we brush up against it all the time. But it does not apply to the kingdom of God. Do not be conformed. Refuse this weird uh, self-righteousness. Refuse this weird self-righteousness that you have somehow figured out what is right in every situation. You haven't, and you don't know, and that's okay. Because I'm not going to be conformed to this idea that I have to know everything, and I have to be right about everything, because I simply don't. And that's way too much pressure for me. Whereas his ways, his will is far more perfect for me. His will is far more pleasing for me. It's awesome. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. I don't have to carry around this idea. In fact, within that same verse, uh, Philippians 4, verse 6 through 7, we don't have it on the screen, where he says, be anxious for nothing. Verse 5 before that says, let your gentleness be made known to all men. It's just not my personality. No, no, no. Gentleness is not a personality. It's not. It, it, it resists this mold. Gentleness is outside of the world's mold right now. Gentleness is outside of it, but it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Is what it is. It's a fruit of the, it's an evidence, fruit, evidence that the Holy Spirit is in your life when gentleness is coming out of your mouth. Gentleness. Let, gent, let your gentleness be, be made known to all. Then he says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. In other words, there's a real connection between your anxiety and your lack of gentleness. I'm telling you, walk with gentleness. Resist. Do not conform to this. Because if you, slide, if you allow your emotions to pour into the mold of this world, you will not be able to fulfill Romans 12, verse 1, which, is, which says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. You will want to, but this will keep stopping you. Because, well, a living sacrifice is not a bunt cake. So <laughs> that's how that works. Uh, there's, there's, there's an emotional mold, but there's also an expectation mold. There's certain expectations that the world has. One of the quotes which I thought was interesting from Anton LaVey from the Satanic Bible, Satan, uh, Lucifer says that the greatest lie, this is Lucifer talking, the greatest lie purported on humanity is the lie of holiness. <laughs> and, and I thought that was interesting. Of all the stuff that Satan would, it's not the love of God that he's really ticked about. It's not, uh, you know, the mercy of God. It's this idea of holiness. Because he says, Satan says, holiness is unnatural. To be able to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, is unnatural. It's unnatural for people to resist their natural urges, according to Satan. And he says that's, that's why holiness is a lie. Because in Satan's mind, the natural is the law. What comes natural, that's reality for him. And yet, Scripture says, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. In other words, there's something supernatural that can happen to you and to me. So sometimes we, we almost have, we almost have a, a world version of our expectation, even of our spiritual life. 
that we just expect to not be able to offer our bodies as living sacrifices to God. We expect to not be able to walk with God in holiness. We expect to not be able to keep our hearts open. And, 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 and that's, that's simply not true. There's, a, there, there's an expectation on every single, there's a mold, a pattern, a form of expectation on every single person here. Based on your skin color, the world will tell you exactly how you should feel and how you should think. <laughs> Based on your economic background, the world will tell you exactly who you are and exactly how you should think, right? Based on your, your gender, the world will tell you who you are and exactly what you should think. Based on your age, there's, an, there's a form, there's a mold for teenagers. Kaylin broke it today. <laughs> no, there is. There's a preset thing. Like, hey, if you're a teenager... You basically ought to be questioning everything. You ought to be not listening to your parents, certainly shouldn't be going to church. You ought to be not interested in things that you can't see, taste, smell, touch, and hear. You basically, like there's, there's a mold for teenagers. And all of you have been teenagers before, and it hasn't been that long. So you, you, you know what I'm talking about. There is a preset mold. Some of you has been a while, but there's a preset mold. There's an idea. There's a way you're supposed to think and act and dress and live. There's a preset mold for your sexuality. And if you don't fit this, something's wrong with you. And if you don't look at this stuff online, something's wrong with you. Come on, teenage boys can agree with me on that. There's, there's a preset mold that the world wants to shove you into. But, but, but God is shattering expectations. God is blowing away expectations. God is bringing a kind of maturity to teenagers that this world does not and cannot expect. A kind of character to teenagers that this world does not and cannot expect. There's, there, there's expectations for every single, every person who's single in the room. Right? You're going to be looking for somebody. That's the expectation. Because you're not complete when you're single. That's the mold. You're not complete. Every room you walk into, you need to go find somebody. <laughs> but that's a lie. That's a mold of this world, and that doesn't necessarily fit you. That's not necessarily God's plan for you. And if you live your life conforming to the mold, you will not be able to say, I'm open to you, Lord. Because you'll be too busy chasing what the world says you should be chasing. By the way, there's a mold for married people in here, too. <laughs> Get busy, ignore each other, and just, it's, marriage is hard work, so just deal with it. That's the mold. That's the, the ball and chain. It's the mold. It's so, it's so crazy to me that the same devil that tells single people they need to be having sex a lot tells married people they need to be having sex hardly ever. Have you noticed how that flips? <laughs> All the teenagers are like, he's talking about sex. I oh, know, this is gross. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's the mold. And as somebody who's 41 years old, I've seen the hypocrisy of that very same mold. On the one hand, oh yeah, just, 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 go, just go for all the sexual stuff you want to. And then as soon as you get married, it's like, ah, you should probably look elsewhere. It's crazy. This is, this is, this is the mold of every married man and woman in this room. To drift away from your spouse to argue, to backbite, to talk about them when you're with your friends. Come on, that's the mold. Watch any sitcom. <laughs> watch any movie. Watch any sitcom that tries to portray marriage. It's not going to be two people usually that are incredibly happy. 
Why? Because they're married, so of course they're not going to be happy. Because that's the mold. Because, because the, the, the mold of this world for expectations is to, is to take them way down here. And yet God has incredible marriages for every couple in this room. God has incredible relationships, no matter what you've been through. I know people that have been through, like, they've had affairs in their marriages, and yet God can still restore that. See, like this, the mold of this world is once, once a liar, always a liar. Once they cheat on you, they always cheat on you. Once you can't trust them, you can never trust them. The mold of this world doesn't have any forgiveness in it. There's no reconciliation in it. There's no joy in it. There's no peace in it. And guess what? There's no fulfillment in it either. Do not be conformed to this world. I refuse to believe that I am a statistic. I refuse to believe that my marriage is somehow on this predestined track to boringness until we all just die. <laughs> That's not what scripture says. Have you read Proverbs chapter 5? <laughs> Check it out when you get home. I'm not reading it from the stage. We've got teenagers present. <laughs> Have you read Song of Solomon? I mean, come on, like there, there, there is, there is a, a, a God who does not care about the tiny mold of 21st century American reality because this is not all that there is. There is so much outside of what your, your, your world is telling you. There's so much outside of it. There's, there's expectations for all kinds of things. There's, there's, there's expectations on a, on a cancer diagnosis. Basically, you get a cancer diagnosis, that's it. And the doctor will tell you how long you have left. But doctors, hey, I, I love doctors. We actually have doctors at the city chapel. Doctors are great. They're not prophetic. But they're great. But they do not know how long you have left to live. We had, we had uh, uh, Alma, Alma Terry used to come to our church. She was diagnosed, they went in for, she was doing a regular woman's checkup. I don't know how to describe all that. But anyway, they found some cancer, right? And so she gets the big C word and they're going to do radiation therapy, I think it was. And, and before all of that happens, she comes to church and she asks for prayer. Why? Because God does not always fit in this. And so we pray for her. Ladies lay hands on her. We pray for her and God dries up the cancer. She goes back in, gets another scan before she starts her treatment, and they're like, whoa, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. That's outside of the mold. See, this is, this is why I think Jesus went around preaching the kingdom of God and doing miracles, because miracles are a part of the kingdom of God, because miracles fly in the face of Luciferian logic. Luciferian logic is this life is all that there is. There's certain rules. We know those rules. We know how it works. And yet Jesus comes in and he goes up to a man who's been lame since birth for 38 years. And he says, do you want to be made well? What is he doing? He's asking, do you want to get out of this mold that's been set for you? The world believes you'll always be a cripple. You believe you'll, you'll always be a cripple. Everybody around you thinks you'll always be a cripple. But I see something different for you. You can step out of that mold if you like. You can step out of the natural order of things. And that's why, as, as Rocky was talking about, Peter was able to walk on water. Why? Because that's really unnatural. And God is breaking. He's not just healing people. He's not just bringing sight to blind eyes. To help people who are blind, even though he's doing that. He's also declaring to the kingdom of darkness that a new regime, a new kingdom has entered into what they thought was normal. 
He's also taking the reality of Satan, which is this world, that's the base of his reality, and he's blowing it apart. He's saying, that's not all that there is. I mean, when you raise somebody from the... Look, if, if this life is all that there is, then when Lazarus dies, that's it. But instead, Jesus stays away for four days to make sure he's really, really dead. And, and, and there's a lot of reasons why, you know, he, he waited. But one of the reasons is that the Jews believe that the spirit would hover around the body for three days after it died. So Jesus waited four days. In other words, he waited until the Jews would believe that the spirit is gone. Like gone, 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 really gone. And then he said, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus comes forth, and he still remembers his sister's names. Now, if this life is all that there is, if when you breathe your last, you suddenly disappear and you stop existing, how can you come back after four days and remember people's names? Remember who you are. If there's not a continuum of reality after this. And so demons are freaking out. (laughs) Satan's kingdom is falling apart because Jesus says there's more than this mold right here. There's more than your 70 years, 60 years, or whatever you want to say. Because even after, four days later, apparently you're still conscious. There's still consciousness. There's still awareness. There's still something else. And so Jesus comes into the world, and he starts blowing apart this stuff. But we have, we have expectations from this world. Expectations about our own holiness. Expectations about our, our own health. We're limited to that. And we, and we limit God to that. In our faith. And I just want to encourage you. Step out of the mold. What if God wants to do something new in this season? What if he wants to do something that he's never done before? <laughs> in you. Through you. For you. What if it's not, what if it's not based on a particular timeline? Because there's expectations with regard to time as well. But God is always blowing up these expectations. With like suddenly moments. Like, 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 for instance, last Sunday, we shared about a couple in the church that um, just the day before that, Saturday, we had found out about this, this young girl who's giving birth to a baby um, from a ministry in San Antonio that helps women get out of the sex industry. And um, she's giving birth to a baby. She can't take care of the baby, so she's wanting to give that baby up for adoption. The adoption fell through. She's very pregnant, like very very pregnant. And the adoption fell through and she's concerned. And so she reaches out to Roe. Hey, do you guys know anybody who wants to adopt? We don't really necessarily, we didn't, we don't, we didn't know anybody specifically, but the Lord laid a couple on Roe's heart who goes to city chapel. They watch online and laid their, laid them on, on her heart. And she just reached out to them and they said, well, we've been taking adoption classes. <laughs> we had no idea that they were wanting, even desiring that, but we just Okay, we'll reach out to them. And so then they reach out. Last week, we all prayed together. I don't know if you remember that. But after worship, we all prayed that God would uh, bring, bring his will about. And this week, they met with the mom. The mom had the baby, I think, on Friday. Was it Saturday? Friday, Saturday. Like, they were able to be in the hospital, I think, with her. Today, they are, I believe, this afternoon, signing the, all the legal stuff. And literally within eight days... <laughs> Their, their life is completely uh, 
flip turned upside down. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like the, I mean, God's not limited to your classes and your times and your plans. And this has to be in place. Then that has to be in place. And then we got to get favor there. And we got to be disappointed there. And then we're going to go through this long process. No, what if in seven days God wants to, I don't know, create an entire new universe? Like, what if he wants to do something in your life that eight days later, your life looks completely different than it did eight days before? And he can do it. This is when we let God out of the mold. He says, do not be conformed. Uh, if you could put the passage back up there. Just my, 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 my closing thought is just the difference between conformed and transformed. He says, do not conform. I like how this, this is the NIV. He says, do not conform because that is, it is it's, it's a personal decision. It's actually in the Greek, it's in the middle voice, which means do not conform yourself. It's, it's when people act on themselves. Do not squeeze yourself into a mold, right? This is an action that you do to yourself. It's the middle voice. He says, do not conform yourself to the pattern of the mold of this world, but be transformed. So transformed is in the passive voice, which means something is acting on you. You don't transform yourself. You receive transformation. Be transformed. Do not force yourself to fit into a worldly mold, but rather leave yourself open to be transformed by somebody else. Transform is the, the Greek word is meta, metamorphizo, I think. It's where we get the word metamorphosis from, which if you want to know metamorphosis is, that's basically when a caterpillar has been crawling around on his, on his legs, little feet all his life, goes into a cocoon, it looks like he's dying, and sheds his old form and is transformed or put into a different form. Literally, we have to change what we call him. <laughs> we don't call him uh, caterpillars anymore. We call that a butterfly because wings sprout out, and it's an entirely different form. That's what metamorphosis is. And this is what I think God has for each one of us. God has a metamorphosis in this season. God has a, a, an actual changing of form. So not just a, 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 a form for you to fit into. Okay, I'm going I'm to get a little better at that. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to deal with this. Okay, that's, that's good and all. But there's an actual metamorphosis that God wants to do in your life. And what was happening on, say, Tuesday night was the Holy Spirit was acting on people. It's not that people were doing things. It's that the Holy Spirit is acting on people. And I'm telling you, there's, I think the Holy Spirit wants to act on us. In other words, to do things in us and for us and through us. He wants to act on, he wants to heal, physical healing. He wants emotional healing. He wants to release anxiety. He wants to get you out of this mold. He wants to release anger. He wants to pull up all of your expectations all your lame expectations of what you think tomorrow's going to hold and what you think your marriage would, what you, you have hemmed yourself in. You have, you have adopted the mold of the world and God wants to pull you out of that and say, don't you know, there's so much more. There's so much more than what you've seen. There's so much more than what your parents lived. There's so much more than, than even what you have lived up until this point. And I know you tried everything within the mold, 
But it's time to stop trying everything and be open for transformation. Transformation is not you trying one more thing. It's you opening yourself up to the Holy Spirit and saying, I'm open. I'm open. Let's just spend just a few minutes even right now. Uh, Corey, would you be able to just play guitar a little bit? Just, just to say to the Holy Spirit, if you're watching from home, just to say to the Holy Spirit, I'm open. Specifically, and, and, I, and I guess I would ask you what Jesus asked the man by the pool of Bethesda in John 5. Jesus came up to the man who was lame or crippled since birth, and he said, do you want to be made well? It's a, it's, it's a question of desire. What do you want? Now, the man didn't even answer that because the man had been sitting there for so long, he had forgotten about what he wanted. And you can go to church for so long that you forget why you even started. Why did I... Why? Why did I want God in my life anyway? You forget what you want because you get caught up in the natural order of things. The man answered Jesus according to his mold. He said, he said, well, when I try to get in the water, which is where healing happens, when I try to get in the water, somebody else always gets in in front of me, and I don't have anybody to help me get into the water. What's he talking about? He's talking about the mold that was preset for him. Get in water, healing will happen. And we have the same kind of mold. Get the house, get the job, and peace will happen. Get the income level, and security will happen. Move to the right city, and peace will happen. Meet the right person, and joy will happen. It's so interesting. We have this mold, and we're sitting there staring at a water that we think will bring our healing when actually the river of life is standing next to us who has our healing, not for us to go get, not for us to go chase down, not for us to work for or to earn, but for us to receive. And I feel like the Holy Spirit, this is what he wants to do. He wants to come up next to you and say, do you want to be healed of, 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 of all these things? Do you want to be healed of cancer? And you don't have to have Benny Hinn hit you with his jacket. Like, I mean, that's, that's cool, but you, know, you don't have to have that. You don't have, it's, it doesn't have to be that dramatic. It's literally Jesus coming alongside you saying, do you want to be well? And do you believe I can do it? It's just simple like that. And then that's true for, for cancer. That's true for uh, headaches. That's true for COVID. That's true for people who are not in this room who have COVID. Many of us have loved ones right now that we're praying for. And yet one moment in the presence of Jesus where he says, do you want me to heal them? And you just say, Lord, some of my most powerful prayers are, Lord, it'd be really nice if. <laughs> you say, well, that doesn't sound spiritual. It's not. It's just me talking to my dad, my heavenly dad. And I say, it'd be really nice. If it's in accordance with your will, and I think it is, it'd be really nice if that happened. Yeah, so let's, let's just make ourselves open to him right now. If you're watching from home, make yourself open to him. There's no words to a song. It's simply, it does help to raise your hands, I'll tell you that. It's a biblical form of prayer and worship. If you have a prayer language, if you speak in tongues, just to begin to pray in that way. Because sometimes you don't know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit will pray through you. 
Lord, we open ourselves up to you. Why don't you just begin to dig down to what you really, really, really want and put that thing out to him. Maybe it is a restoration of marriage or maybe it is just a better marriage. Maybe it is growth, personal growth. Hmm. The greatest miracle of all is the miracle of salvation. Maybe you want to be a different person. Maybe you want a metamorphosis. Maybe you want deliverance from, from, from drug abuse or alcohol abuse. Maybe you want uh, deliverance from uh, pornography use or some, something that's been holding you back for so long. It doesn't have to be physical healing. It doesn't have to be emotional healing. It can be spiritual healing. But Lord, we reject the mold. We are not going to conform ourselves to it. But rather, we want to be transformed. Changed. Transformed. Acted upon by the Holy Spirit. If you have something that you're asking God for, would you just stand with me and raise your hands just in in an act of reception? Just say, God, I'm ready to receive from you. I'm ready to receive from you. I'm open to you. I'm open to you. So come again. Let the glory into my life. The glory into my body. Lord, we speak over every, every bit of cancer in this room, the cancer we know about and the cancer we don't know about. We speak into every bit of cancer in this room. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. It does not belong in your, your body. No plague shall come near your dwelling. I am your dwelling. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we come against everything that's coming against your body, everything that's afflicting your body from, 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 from cancer to, to back aches to, uh, to all skin diseases and, and all respiratory issues. We come against every allergen and, and every, every, every bad reaction to everything, to everything that would not be according to your design for our bodies right now. And we, we speak healing over Every single one of us today, those watching online, we speak healing over their bodies. We speak healing over Carol's body. We speak healing over every lung and every, 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 every issue, every blood cell and every bit of DNA that's somehow twisted around. We, we, speak, we speak alignment over our bodies, that our bodies would come into alignment with the Word of God, that it is by your stripes we were in the past tense already healed, purchased, paid for, done, sealed, delivered, signed, delivered to us already. The down payment is the Holy Spirit, which now fills us, but the reality is the healing that is coming, and so we speak healing over each and every one of us. Physical healing, emotional healing, Lord. We, we, we ask for you to act upon us and transform our anxious minds, transform our angry hearts, transform our judgmental minds, our judgmental thoughts. Take these thoughts out of us and insert your peace. Remove our anxiety and give 
give us your peace. May the God of peace guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. May the peace that passes understanding, that stands over understanding, that sits on top, literally sits on top of my understanding, that UFC MMA style gets on top of my understanding. May the peace of God crush my understanding in the way that I perceive things. May the peace of God rule and cause to tap out my understanding. May the peace of God tell my understanding what to understand. May the peace of God tell my understanding what to read on Facebook. May the peace of God tell my mind what to think. That the peace of God would guard like a strong bouncer at the door of of my heart. The peace of God would be a guard. Only let in the things that are right and kick out all the stuff that got in without a ticket. Not supposed to be in there. May the peace of God guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. For those wanting to receive a filling of the Holy Spirit, just like we've been doing, Lord, we ask for you to pour out your spirit. We don't have to be perfect enough. We don't have to have had a whatever. We don't have to have enough faith. We simply have to believe that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or think. We simply have to admit that there is a God who beyond our understanding and beyond our ability to ask and to think is able to plan things for us, to hold things for us, and to pour things out on us. So we make ourselves vessels of the Holy Spirit. We make ourselves vessels of the Holy Spirit. As, as they say in the Eastern Church, that, you would, that, that you, would, you would consume us in such a way that we would be possessed. That there's a possession that is desired by God. He wants to possess us. Not like demonic possession, but in a, in, a, in a Holy Spirit possession. That he wants to so possess us that we become weird to those who are not possessed. make ourselves open to you, Lord. And we believe that you can do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or think above, uh, outside of our mold, what we could expect on a Sunday morning. We, we pray for loved ones that are dealing with COVID right now. We pray for hospitals in Austin, uh, San Antonio, all the way, all, this whole corridor. We pray for these hospitals that are filling up with uh, so many cases every single day. Lord, we pray for life We pray for salvation, uh, spiritual life, but also physical life. We pray for strength for nurses and doctors. We pray that you would build them up. We pray that you would keep them safe. We pray that you would guard their hearts and minds and their bodies. pray that you would equip them. We thank you for the medical stuff and vaccines and ways that we can be protected. But, Lord, we need your protection. We need your grace and help. And as these names have been coming in of people who have COVID uh, that are connected with folks in City Chapel, Lord, we lift them up to you right now. We receive healing on their behalf. We receive healing for them. We claim healing for them. We stand in place of the man by the pool of Bethesda and we say, yes, what we really want is for you to bring healing to their body without getting in the water. You can bring the water to them. They don't have to come to church. You can bring church to them. They don't have to come to prayer. You can bring prayer to them. And so we're sending, we are, we are commanding the healing power of God to move in that direction. All along this corridor, all these hospitals, Father, whether they know you or not, bring healing Bring salvation of life, save life, preserve life because of your great mercy, because you're so good. And Lord, we just, we stand in faith of what you're doing. We 
We stand in faith of what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you for giving us everything that we need. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. You say, I don't see it. Well, I didn't say I saw it, but I say I'm receiving it right now. By faith, I receive everything that I need. The Lord, because the Lord is my shepherd, if the Lord is my shepherd, then I have everything that I need. And I receive it by faith. I shall not be in want. He leads me by still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they're a comfort to me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. <laughs> Surely goodness and mercy. I look back. I look back on my life, and I see goodness and the mercy of God following me every single step. And I know that there's so much more than this. I'll dwell in his house forever. And that's where there's a fullness of pleasure at his right hand. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We ask for greater levels of transformation for you to act on us in greater and greater ways. Even this week, while we're driving, while we're taking a shower, <laughs> while we're open. We're getting dressed and brushing our teeth. We're open for you to act on us, for you to speak to us, for you to transform us. In our interaction with our kids, in our interactions with our spouse, in our interactions on Facebook, in our interactions at, at, at our work, in the conversations that come up, we're open for you to speak to us, for you to act on us, for you to transform us. With every, every conflict, we're open for you to transform us and humble us. Hmm. We're open. <laughs>